hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on it so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com drink. That's rosettastone.com drink. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc.com slash drink. They sh- we should have done the thing where, like, we clap. <laughs> that was so bad when we tried that last Like, week. normal. It was fine. You always act like it was so bad. But, like... It- I wish you saw it on my side because you would have agreed with me. Well, there's I always don't know a lag, wrong. but that's the point of doing it so that it... You can match up the audio. I, I mean, I understand the point of it. It just does... It just sounded really gnarly on my end. But it ended up working... I feel like the clap always is worse than us our conversation i don't know why the clap always feels like it lags more anyway welcome to and that's why i drink where we don't clap if you can't tell (laughs) we expect you to clap for us um (laughs) we'll hear it i promise i'm drinking i'm drinking some wine how are you (laughs) i'm fine how has your day been i feel bad that we're recording so late oh that's okay em has you know important pop star things to be doing over there so we had a a late recording session, but that's okay because like, not just late, like twenty four hours late. <laughs> like, oh, like, that's true. Right. Okay. We were supposed yeah, to record yesterday we to too. Yesterday, and I totally last minute was like, I am not going to be ready at all. So I uh, thank you. For, I appreciate very much you being so accommodating no, and not listen, giving me crap about it. Half the time, it's me pushing it to be late, so it's all good. But I love that on brand today. You're drinking tea. I'm drinking wine. Well, it. I am drinking tea. I'm celebrating today. Do you know why? Um, it is two two two, baby. 
Oh, yeah. It's, I'm so happy for you. It's a special day. It's Tuesday. Oh, and it's Tuesday. I didn't written, even catch. Written by the gods, I think. Written in the stars. How's your 2222 been? <sighs> it's been fine. I am. It really has been just like a normal day, but I've been thinking about this Tuesday since I was a little kid. And so I always expected like I would mm. have planned something really obnoxiously elaborate. And then the time came and I'm like, wow, I've had literally decades to like make today really special and I just didn't do anything. So I'm kind of bummed at myself, but also not at all surprised. Well, but also it's kind of out of your control. Like it's like how I felt about my 30th birthday. I was like, wow, I would have done something special, but it was like in the middle of a pandemic. It's like there's not really much you can do at a certain point. Like that's true, but I do like to buy myself presents and I could have done that. So I like even the things that were in my control, I just didn't even think about it until it was too late. So well, anyway, sorry. that's okay. It's I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a day. But there is like a lot of like familial pressure for two, 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 two Tuesday uh, because it was like supposed to be like a power year and like it was supposed to be such a cool time. And it's like our lucky number in the whole family. And it was gonna be like a cool thing. And as a little kid, I always manifested it as like, that'll be the day I get married. <laughs> LOL. <Whoa>. So <laughs> I know I put a lot of pressure on myself. So now I'm like, well, just sitting here in my socks, drinking tea. <laughs> You're <laughs> so, talking to me. I'm talking to you. Tell me how you're celebrating today, Miss Christine. Oh, my gosh. Well, my baby has stopped sleeping, so that's fun. So I'm Why? always tired. I don't know. I oh. wish I knew, and then I would fix it. But um, <laughs> is that like a, just like a thing that happens? Yeah, you know, it's called a four-month sleep regression because um, they're learning all new things, and she's trying to roll over all night, and the... Uh, the, the they have, like, new sleep cycles. They, like, develop... REM cycles and so they start waking up way more often and um oh you know I feel like everyone's gonna have a tip and I do appreciate tips but I will tell you I've tried so many things and I've taken all the courses and I've read all the books and I'm I am probably not doing something right I'm sure I'm not but at a certain point I think she just wants to wake up and party you know every and hour I don't, and a half I don't blame her because I don't have to handle it but have you <laughs> have you done the uh the Dwight Schrute thing where he like waves his hand in front of her face because that seemed to work with Cece when she was regressing or whatever it's called um well no but maybe that'll be tonight's middle of the night like just last ditch effort um, what did so he I'll... say he said it was something like sucking on a piece of lard or something what, what was <laughs> yeah a suet a piece of suet <laughs> just go find that I'm sure, i guarantee you renata has that in her pantry <laughs> oh absolutely <laughs> yeah that'll do it that'll do the trick <laughs> suet on a piece of string tied to her finger <laughs> oh i love it <laughs> well i'm sorry i'm sorry you're probably very sleepy which I apologize. No, I appreciate the apologies, but it's not needed because I have wine. Um, my wonderful partner is downstairs with the baby for the foreseeable future. So we are ready to rock and roll. For a moment, I thought you were going to say my wonderful partner is recording with me. And <laughs> I do apologize anyway, because if you are even remotely sleepy, my topic is a thinker. And I, feel uh, I know. Like... OK, can I say this now? Because <laughs> I'm sleepy. Yes, but I'm, I'm I'll be fine. But of all days, when we had to push recording yesterday, Em was like, well, it's because I had to learn astrophysics. And I'm like, this is the topic we're talking it's, about. It's astrophysics. No, no, no. I said. I had to learn astrophysics again. 
uh, I'm, so- I'm sorry, which means I need to hear about it again, which means, oh, gosh, it's going to be a long like- night. I was, I, well, I don't, I really did think like, oh, this is going to be a quick topic because I had seen like it explained in like a TikTok. So I was like, oh, it took 60 seconds. Like, I'm just going to elaborate a little bit, give us some wiggle room to banter. It's going to be the perfect, easy, breezy topic. False. <laughs> I, I all of a sudden ended up with like 40 pages of eight point font information. And I was like, uh oh, I got to start learning. <laughs> and, pages. and I was like, I guess I am just going to tackle it the best i can and then i still had like 12 pages left when it was like an hour to recording and i for some reason up until that moment i was like i can figure it out and i then i got overwhelmed so anyway thank you for pushing and letting me have another day i'm to, happy i'm to happy learn to get astrophysics the, yeah i'm happy to get uh what's coming today instead of 12 pages of it um today you're just getting two pages of it yeah, so. I see. yeah i knew i knew like the payoff would be good <laughs> And I think you'll have fun with it because it is a little bit about aliens. Yay. Tell me everything. I did think it'd be worth it because I thought I was like, sweet, sweet Christine loves a good, <laughs> loves a good alien experience. So <laughs> you make it sound like I have no thoughts behind my eyes. Sweet, sweet Christine. <laughs> oh. She's over there with her wine. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Allison, too, because I'm always like, oh, sweet Allison. Sweet, it, sweet. it really sounds like it, you're talking to a golden retriever with nothing between their ears. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part is like, I really do mean it with only love, but it does sound extremely condescending. It's sort of like, bless your heart, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know how gross it sounds, but the people who... I actually who, like it. I, if, I, if you know, I like you know. It. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't hurt my feelings at all. I actually kind of like uh, embrace it. I feel like It'll I hurt your feelings it. when you can tell that I'm judging you and I go, sweet Christine. Sweet oh. Christine, this astrophysics stuff is just not for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, here we go, Christine. Uh, by the way, I just wanted to say I haven't talked to you in a while and I sure I do know. miss you and I What's love you a about? lot. I miss I you too. I just you miss texted you. earlier like, I'm excited to see your face and I was like, I was about to say... Em, I can't wait to see your face. And then I looked at my phone. We got some good faces. Maybe they should, I don't know, do a little bumping into each other sometime. Maybe they should scratch around and see what happens. <laughs> scratch around. Why? I'm trying to yes and you and it's so hard. <laughs> Literally from across the country. It should be very simple. I can't even get to you if I wanted to. It cost me I, like $500. I would not put it past you and your dumb brain and your dumb face. That's okay. fair enough. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department 
Love that thing. And that's why we drink listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Okay, here is the topic. And you might have heard this before. Act excited anyway. This is the topic. The Fermi Paradox. Ooh, I've heard it and I have no idea what it is. Okay, so I I think it's I think it's Fermi. It could be like Fermi. I don't know. F E R M I. It's someone's last name. Oh, okay. So I'm going to I'm going to rock with Fermi, Fermi paradox because that's what my brain's been doing for the last like 48 hours, so it's too late Great. to change. Um, okay. So I'm going to give you the concept first of what the Fermi paradox is, and very quickly I think you'll understand where we're heading. Okay. Just to give you some fun facts. And by the way, I think all of these facts came from a website called Wait But Why, which I love. (laughs) Okay, I love that. Um, So shout out to them. So here it goes. Our galaxy. Just, you know, take a stroll through the... I'm so excited about this. Okay. Our galaxy. (laughs) You are interplanet Janet, and you are just (laughs) going to soar through these. Is that a thing? Interplanet Janet? Homie, do you not know about Schoolhouse Rock? Oh, God, not really. I mean, I know, like, the, the main songs, but that's about it. Interplanet Janet, she's a galaxy girl. No, I literally don't know about that at oh. all. Oh, when I was in, like, second or third grade, I wanted to be Interplanet Janet for Halloween so bad. <laughs> well, <laughs> you got to be Xenon at one point, uh, okay. so you could probably recycle that that's cost absolutely they're somehow in the same line if you look at ancestry <laughs> okay so interplanet janet our galaxy our galaxy alone just the milky way has a hundred billion to 400 billion stars dear lord okay so for every star out there i did not know this was like a, a thing but apparently for every star out there it is basically that means there's another galaxy out in the universe so for there to be a hundred to 400 billion stars out there that means there's an equal number of potential galaxies out in the universe oh my god i have a feeling i know where you're going with this whole paradox thing because i already have a headache holy shit okay i try i spent so long trying to simplify this so it will not give you a headache well too late (laughs) (laughs) one bullet in so for every star in the milky way there's a whole galaxy out there okay um it's just to give you a a better, cleaner idea of how many that is. For every grain of sand on Earth, for every grain of sand, there is ten thousand planets. What in our Milky Way? Or, or in our ten thousand stars? Ten thousand stars. Yes. Holy shit! Just to blow your mind. And for every one of those stars, there's ten thousand dollars for Jeff Bezos. <laughs> i didn't know where we were going but yeah so ten thousand stars per grain of sand on the entire earth so of all of those stars about 
uh, 20% of those stars conservatively. Cause some mm-hmm. people say it's, um, or no, they say five to 20%, depending on which scientist you're talking to, it's five to 20, which to me is a wide range. Five, five to 20% is a wide range. <laughs> five to 20% of those stars are sun-like, which, uh, is like more of an indicator that there is life nearby. Ooh. Okay. So five to twenty percent of maybe four hundred billion four hundred billion stars. Okay. So conservatively, let's pretend we're just rocking with the five percent situation. Right. That still means there are five hundred quintillion. Oh dear. Or five hundred billion billion. Oh god. Sun-like stars. So that's. That's the number we're working with now. So now, Holy shit. between another wide range, between 20 to 50% of those. Now, is that star, is that still in our galaxy or is that just like everywhere? Just our galaxy. Oh my God. What? Uh, you can, oh, no, no, no. Hang on. Blah, 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 blah. There's a whole galaxy out there. I think this is the universe. This is the whole universe. Oh, that okay. That makes me feel as, a little better. Or the more observable universe because we only know so much about the universe so far. So if we're only working with 5% of those stars out there, only 500 quintillion are sun-like stars. Conservatively, again, they say between 20 to 50% of those have potentially habitable Earth-like planets or planets nearby that someone that life could be created on. Okay. So okay. between 20 to 50% of those sun-like stars have this potential. Okay. So if we're sticking with the conservative leaning towards just 20% of them, that's still 100 billion billion Earth-like planets that are theoretically habitable. Habitable. Sorry. What? Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So life could, in theory, be created on 100 billion billion Earth-like planets out there. Got and it. if we were to be wildly conservative and only one percent of those planets had life on them right and then of that one percent if only one percent of them had life on them that evolved into intelligent life Uh, okay that would still mean 10 quadrillion (gasps) intelligent civilizations are in the observable universe 10 quadrillion or 10 million billion if that's easier for you (gasps) to swallow um like kind of i guess a little bit oh my god that many intelligent civilizations could exist okay um so in our galaxy alone so that was in the observable universe but if we're just talking about our galaxy the math basically breaks down to the potential of there being a hundred thousand other intelligent civilizations around us currently wow i just got goose cam so if that's true then some of them must be sending out signals, but we can't hear them. And so the Fermi mm-hmm. paradox is where the fuck is everybody? <gasps> I just got goose camp. Where are they? Oh, God. That is so spooky. Isn't it silly? I was that like, so I was like, scary. now Christine is going to love this. I literally just picked up their cup of tea to take a little <laughs> sip watching my face. I was like, oh. I knew exactly what I was bringing to the table. Hmm. Okay. So Damn. that's that's basically the Fermi paradox, trying to figure out where all these other potential life forms are. Where are you, aliens? 
<laughs> Why can't I find you? Why can't I see you? Uh, maybe they're who's or something. Maybe hang on. We just have to sing loud enough, and they'll they'll come. Sing it loud for all to hear, and I'll. Well, <laughs> now you're speaking alien life form language. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, especially okay. So. There, if there's that many life forms out there, they must be sending out signals. But like someone out there, in theory, at least one of them has tried to make contact with us. Especially if some or even most of those civilizations are older than us and therefore much more advanced, and their technology is capable of making contact with us. Interesting. So to give you some context, Earth is only four billion years old. Oh my! I know spring chicken. <laughs> Uh, only 4 billion years old, but there are other planets out there that could be double or triple our age. So double Oof. or triple as advanced as us. Well, which... if they're as stupid as we are, they probably blew it up by now. I feel like we're not <laughs> going like, to last that long. They're like, we've heard of Earth. We're out of here. They're like, <laughs> we have our own Jeff Bezos and we went the same way you guys are going. I don't know. If, if we're the one of the younger planets-ish, does that mean we're technically like the Generation Alphas or something? Ooh, like, the gen- is it, we're Generation Xenon. <gasps> the gen xenons stop it christine she that wrote right is like now the new band like in um the disney original flick that we're gonna create flick okay Hi, we're certainly we're... not gen z okay <laughs> you know right. the talkies that we're gonna be in <laughs> they'll love it let's go to the nickelodeon and watch <laughs> so okay so if our earth is only half or a third the age of some other potential civilizations out there and if interstellar uh, that's the phrase interstellar travel which is just space travel or traveling from planet to planet or galaxy to galaxy if interstellar travel existed somewhere in the last 10 billion years before we even got here surely earth could have been visited in the last four billion years Right. Like, it's just like where is everyone so our whole galaxy could be explored and colonized fun fact Within only a few million years, but in space terms, that's like a blink of an eye. So it's not like it would take a lot of time, theoretically, to be colonized, to be explored, to be made contact with. So like, has it happened yet? And we just don't know about it. Right. So I will get into all the theories. Oh, Um, I'm so excited. So... This is where SETI comes in. SETI stands for Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Okay. And it's an organization that uh, basically listens for any detection of sin- signals by other life. Um, so far, there has been no luck. There have been a few times where, like, we thought we found something and then it was always easily explained away. So uh, SETI basically looks for radio signals or non-natural signals to imply that there is intelligent life out there creating this on their own, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, which, in my opinion, is its own, like, potential reason for why we're not making contact with anyone, because it's a big assumption that they would be also sending signals with radio missions, you know? like Good point. Yeah. So, anyway, that's my first argument of like we're taking a real wild leap there assuming especially if they're so advanced that's exactly what i was thinking like in 500 years even we'll probably not be using that same technology so yeah so um an example of what they're looking for 
when they're looking for non-natural signals. If an alien were looking for us, they might look for our non-natural radio waves due to our television broadcasts or mm. any uh, our I, this podcasts, a podcast, uh, any quote accidental byproducts of civilization. So before they even got there, they would be able to see that oh shit's stirring about, and it would only be able to do that if life were there causing the stir. Right, makes sense. So there's this scale called the Kardashev scale, and this is used to distinguish how powerful a civilization might be at colonizing other Ooh, space. What? Ew, that's so creepy. So there's only three types, and it's basically each of them are categorized into how much power they can harness as a civilization. There's type one, type two, and type three. Type okay. one, which we are a Within the century, it's predicted we will be a type one intelligent civilization. Is that uh, like the highest or the lowest? Lowest. So are we zero right now? We're currently like at a at a at a nothing. Oh, got it. So you can be none of the above. Also, you can be like yes. You have to, I think, graduate to type one, then got type it. two, then okay. type three. So type one, which is what we are approaching within the century, is that uh, we as a civilization can use or harness or control in some way all of the energy on our home planet okay. so we and then type two is that uh you can use or control all the energy of your host star so like not just earth would be like the fucking solar system the sun yeah i imagine yeah and then type okay. three is you can harness all the energy of your own galaxy good luck i know like hmm we can just channel the milky way meanwhile we like so, don't know where to put our trash okay <laughs> good luck <laughs> that's why we're type zero currently we're literally so, like killing dolphins with straws and we can't even yeah we we're cannot figure zero. it out I, i'm with you yeah so as far as we know i mean this could be we could be totally fucking wrong but there's no evidence suggesting it but um there is no such thing yet as a type two or type three civilization. I mean, as far as we know, we're the most intelligent civilization to exist and we're barely a type one because there's no evidence yeah, of anything I else mean, yet. A keyword as far as we know. Right. As Got far it. as we know. Yeah. But the but the math suggests if in our galaxy yeah. alone, there's a hundred thousand intelligent civilizations and most of them are older than us. There's right. got to be some that have the ability think so. to ha to harness either the sun or the galaxies. They know how to like put their trash away properly, at least. Yeah, the the math is there. If if one percent of the probable intelligent colonizations in our galaxy were a type three civilization, could control the energy of the galaxy. That's a thousand intelligent civilizations. Yeah. Like if 1% of the 100,000, you know what I mean? That, like there's, that's crazy. Yeah. It's bananas that also shouldn't we be seeing. So that becomes a whole question too of like, well, if at the most conservative numbers, yeah. there should be a thousand civilizations that can do this like wouldn't we see changes in the milky way all the time if they yeah, had that kind of power was using the energy weird mm -hmm. okay so since they uh yeah so since they would be like a that since a thousand of these intelligent life forms could be a type three or capable of harnessing the energy of an entire galaxy we would notice them and we would have evidence of someone out there yeah you'd think 
So those are just some of the main questions with this Fermi paradox. So here's uh, some of the history of how the Fermi paradox even began. So in 1950, there were a bunch of physicists just like going to lunch. And I guess they started talking about um, recent UFO sightings or the potential for interstellar travel one day. And one of these physicists happened to be Enrico Fermi or Fermi. Um, he was a Nobel Prize winner. He was a nuclear physicist and he built the first nuclear reactor. Oh, wow. that's casual. Cool. <laughs> okay. First date flex. Uh, <laughs> he is called the architect of the atom bomb or the atomic bomb. Wow. Oof. Okay. So at some point he kind of makes the claim of like, well, where is everybody like interstellar travel? If they're, yeah. you know, the things I've just been talking about this whole time, he kind of just blurts out, where is everybody? And that is considered the moment where people started realizing like, oh, we should do some research and figure out what's going on. So around this time, scientists have uh, start exploring the potential for interstellar travel. And uh, they start looking at their options to make contact with intelligent extraterrestrials. And there's actually a debate on whether Enrico Fermi was really concerned or interested in extraterrestrials or if it was about interstellar travel and i guess and like okay. the astronomy community this is like a real hot button issue okay i was like who cares but i guess <laughs> I some know. people really do <laughs> some people very much care and so uh they say like well he was interested more in interstellar travel and that was it makes sense why he'd be so confused about that because we hadn't even gone to the moon yet in 1950 so like to him it just seemed impossible Right. And that might have been more on the forefront or something. Because he was probably not discussing extraterrestrials specifically, or that's like what this the camp believes, um, they prefer sometimes to consider it the Hart-Tipler paradox instead of the Fermi paradox, because Hart and Tipler were describing more extraterrestrial concepts. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So I, I did have to Google both to see if the information was different. So anyway, so in 1975 for the Hart Tipler paradox slash the Fermi paradox, depending on who you are in 1975, Michael Hart, he was writing about extraterrestrials visiting earth. And he basically said, we haven't seen evidence of it. And if they are smarter and bigger and badder than us, they would have colonized us by now because they can, and we would have seen proof of it, but there's not even like artifacts of it happening thousands of years ago. So I'm in the camp that they just don't exist, blah, blah, blah. Mm, okay. Um, then there was another guy named Frank Tipler who also wrote about this um, along with Hart, and he basically said, whether or not they exist, how would they even have the resources of like possible to colonize galaxies? Like, what does that look like? How, how is it cost efficient? Is it energy efficient? Like what does it take to actually colonize galaxies? Right. So interesting. Cause now it, as time goes on, it feels like it's more and more possible, but I guess his theory at the time was like if aliens are real or if intelligent life is out there and they're colonizing galaxies they probably have this contraption that is more or less a smart machine or smart computer which could travel through space for civilizations instead of them physically doing it so it was oh. 
It was almost like they would send drones to colonize for them instead of like aliens having physically to physically going. go out oh, and do it. Okay, that's interesting. Um, so either way, if they were able to, that's his theory. But Michael and Hart, or Michael Hart and Frank Tipler were both kind of like, I don't know if aliens exist or if they did where are they? And so this is kind of the beginning of what is referred to as the great silence, which is very, very much the Fermi paradox of why have we never heard from any other life forms? If they very likely exist, like based on numbers, if they very likely exist, where we get to this, but like, maybe they just don't give a shit about it. You know what I mean? Maybe they're like, that's theory number three, Christine. Okay. I'm like, maybe they're like not worth it. Cause I think I ascribe to that theory honest hang in there i'll when i when number three shows up i'll be like christine do you have any thoughts you'll raise my hand yeah so uh yeah so they very much that's their idea is like this great silence or the paradox in general is just like we just don't know where they are and i believe it's because they don't exist okay so then by i guess during this time while scientists are gauging the probability of extraterrestrial life even existing this one guy named Frank Drake, he decides, I'm going to come up with an equation to figure out the probability that there are intelligent civilizations in our galaxy and how many. So he comes up with this, like, as far as I'm concerned, like, arbitrary equation, but it's called the Drake Equation. It came okay. out in 1961, and it's basically how many potential signals are out there that we should be detecting from intelligent life. Okay. The equation is real fucking kooky, so I'm not even going to try. Thank you, because I was like, are you going to read it to me because my brain won't absorb it? I can. I can, but it's like it would look like... it would look like i fell into a puddle of the alphabet and letters just kind of splattered (laughs) everywhere um but it's basically what is interesting about it about the equation is that it kind of just becomes more and more specific of like how many numbers so one of them is like the rate that stars in the galaxy form that number times the fraction of those stars with planet systems, right? And the fraction okay. of those with that sustain life, the fraction of those that have organic sustainable life, the fraction of those with intelligent life. So it kind of just goes down and down and becomes more and more specific, but you multiply right. each of those numbers and it's one of those like permutations or computations or something like that. And it okay. basically gives you the number of technologically advanced civilizations near us. Interesting. So here's the problem with the Drake equation is that many of these variables are completely unknown. So right. you can just throw a fucking number there and you're going to get a completely just fall different into number. A alphabet puddle and like that one's a all... number puddle. That's the number puddle. Oh, I'm sorry. You could fall into a number puddle. That's where I fell. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> and so, yeah, it just it it becomes really biased because if someone's a skeptic they're going to pick different numbers than someone who's a believer and so right and it probably changes wildly depending on what numbers are in there yes and even though it's a very rough range like it's very wide it's all based on random numbers plugged into the formula and it's not accurate it's it was supposed to be like i think a rough draft of an equation and then it just never got perfected since the 60s and so astronomers still use it for like guesstimates oh okay which is wild there was actually a a quote from national geographic in 2000 where someone said the drake equation is a wonderful way to organize our ignorance (laughs) (laughs) wait i love that and i was like at least you're honest because like there's no one can use the drake equation and think they're actually 
like there's no gotcha moment, right? Oh, so, that's funny. Yeah. So despite not having a lot of information, the one of the most recent opinions we've gotten is from the University of Oxford. And there they have a Future of Humanity Institute. Ooh, cool. And they published an, a study addressing the Drake equation where they basically said no matter whether you're a skeptic or a believer, the numbers are always too high. And they actually came up with their, I don't know if they came up with their own equation, but they came up with their own estimates of what the numbers should really look like. And basically they suggested that the likelihood of other intelligent civilization out there is like kind of fucking nothing, like a nada situation. Their best guess from fucking Oxford, I think. uh, I think it's like a pretty serious situation here. They say that there is probably a 53 to 99.6% chance that we are alone in the galaxy. Really? Blows my mind. And then they also said that there's a wide gamut, 39 to 85% chance that we are alone in the whole universe. That was my next question if they did that. Uh, Well... I don't understand the math or like, because in my mind, if there is no proper equation or no like solution to. Right. If it doesn't work, then why, how do you use. Like what equation did you use to get that if you're avoiding the Drake equation that like there's no other equation people are using. So I don't totally know. All I know is like a a big publication gave that kind of info and it's like kind of a real bummer. (laughs) Like It is a bummer. It makes, it's very depressing. So if you ask Oxford, they're like, the reason we haven't heard anything is because we're fucking alone. You know what? I didn't ask Oxford and I don't think anyone did. So I'm certainly not going to ask again. I'm certainly not going to ask for a follow-up. I want nothing to do with it. So here's my favorite part of all of my notes, because I think it's like kind of precious. So the most when it comes to like the signals that we are putting out there, hoping someone will make contact with us and our efforts, the most favorite, uh, famous deliberate attempt to communicate with other life is the, uh, I don't know if it's Arecibo or Arecibo. I don't know if the C is hard or soft. Arecibo message. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, that sounds vaguely familiar. So in 1974, we sent a radio signal to star cluster m13 okay this message this radio message was written by scientists including carl sagan and frank drake the guy who came up with the equation (laughs) and the message is uh less than three minutes long it is made of nearly 1700 binary digits and quote when translated into graphics, characters, and spaces, forms an image. Mm. So if for some reason this message got sent to them and they hear differently or they see messages differently, it would create a picture. Oh, boy, what is it? So let me just... I'm so excited. So keep in mind it was 1974. Oh, I will. What is this? Doesn't it look like a weird-ass alien message? It looks like um, Minecraft. <laughs> it looks like one of those. Um, oh, my God. What are they called? Where you put the pegs in the light. To, light, bright. light bright. Light bright. Light bright. It looks like a light bright. Okay. So, what is it? I see a little man. So 
I'll I'll say this. So also, if you were to play it, I would play it for you. But it's very annoying. It's basically very high pitched frequency sounds, and it's like not enjoyable to argue. My ears. dumb ass pictured them being like, "Hello, my name is Mr. Drake." <laughs> I, thought the, I thought the same thing. Like, oh, they obviously speak English. Speak English, right? Like, the, what am I the thinking? The Anglo-Saxon aliens from <laughs> Star Cluster M13. <laughs> so. Uh, to be fair this wasn't meant to be a direct message but more of just like evidence for others that we exist so if i don't think they were trying to do anything where they opened up a huge door to communication but it was more like if you catch this signal here's some very basic information that we are here yeah it looks like a cave painting that we would find and be like what does it mean like an alien hieroglyphic um yes so the message, ha- it really does just sound like m- kind of Morse code, I guess. Okay. Um, but it has a, some like very rudimentary fun facts about our civilization listed no in the way. message. Which I don't know how it's translated where we're supposed to pick up on that. I don't totally know what like what code well, they used. Well, you said it's used. in binary, right? It's in binary. Oh, you're totally right. Okay. So, so that could be it. So here are the fun facts listed in... If it, oh, I need to it, pour some wine. I'm so excited it, about this. Okay. If an alien were to hear about us, this is the best chance of Jesus information they've Christ. got. Okay. Bring the it num- on. The numbers one through ten. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are they going to do with that? Be like, these are some silly little bumps. Not that right, right. Like, uh, okay. Anyway. Go like, on, imagine, sorry. imagine an alien gives you, like, their number system. Like, First one of all, through ten. Yeah. I wouldn't even know it was our number system with, num- with no context, right? So, like, I wouldn't even know what to do with it. I would probably. Sp- can you imagine, like, the, like, uh, like what is the word? Archaeologist. Can you imagine, like, the archaeologist today, <laughs> who just like look and look and their entire life is dedicated to this thing from thousands of years ago, and it might be like one through ten. It's like, like it, <laughs> so embarrassing. It is embarrassing. So okay, so the numbers one through ten. Then really taking it up a notch from like kindergarten to at least high school, the atomic numbers of the elements which make up DNA. Oh, okay. <laughs> they were like this. They'll understand. Like, okay. I think it's to like prove that that's what we're made of in case they're trying to yeah. like know how we got here. I don't totally know. But okay. so it's the atomic numbers of hydrogen carbon nitrogen oxygen and phosphorus which like isn't hydrogen one didn't we already do that with one through ten (laughs) (laughs) they're like they're like crossing over like this symbol is over here and the symbol is over here oh my god uh then next up because i really just skyrocket from here the formulas for sugars and bases in the nucleotides of dna Oh, so what? They're giving them a guide to cloning us? Like, I don't understand. Like an ingredient list for human beings. Yeah. (laughs) The number of nucleotides in DNA. And then I think what this picture is, or part of it, a graphic of a DNA double helix. Okay. I see. Okay. Here's the thing. If this arrived on Earth, (laughs) I feel like I'd be like, big whoop. Tell me something interesting about yourself, you know? Like... 
I don't want to know about your fucking chemistry. Like, tell me about what TV you watch. Two truths and a lie. The formulas for sugars and bases in the nucleotides of DNA. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, like something slightly more entertaining, like a funny picture of a dog. Like, I feel like you could have put anything in here that would have been slightly more entertaining. But today in 2022, I'm sure we would have sent like a cat meme or something Uh, like TikTok. Yeah. yeah. Like, you'll figure it out. Um, I also like wonder, like, and I feel like, you know, when you're desperate to look for an answer and so you'll almost give anything a reason. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like if you're, I feel like if some, let's say I'm the alien that discovered this message and now I'm like trying to like go through it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would find out like the number like 10, I don't know. And I would be like, I mean, that's the number of nucleotides in DNA, but like, I don't think you put that in this message. You know, like, like I feel like we, they would almost like totally miss the point anyway. Yeah, it, it's like, what even is the point? Like, are you trying to send it? <laughs> like, it doesn't seem like there is a point. It's like just a bunch of random shit. Yeah, I feel like I'm insulting like... a bunch of people who work in this field, and I apologize. Carl Sagan, I, who literally. I'm sorry, <laughs> Carl. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, okay, so here's another one: the figure of a human, which I guess is what one of those pictures is. That that's the thing that little red guy. I think so. Uh, like that's the best this alien that's has. The figure of a human. They're not gonna know what the fuck that is. Are you kidding? If even if they brought that on like a map and then came to Earth, they'd be like, "Where's this thing?" As they're talking what is to that? other humans. Exactly. No, a hundred percent. Like what? Okay. Here's All the next right. thing: the size of an average man, like, but not like, hi- like height or weight or width. Or and also length. not not a. Not a per- woman, but okay, yeah, of yeah. course. I'm Shoe man, size, yeah. like, what? How detailed are we with the size here, or is it just Pee-pee? like Pee-pee the number? <laughs> or is it just like the number six for like six feet? Like, and also six. like we ex- we expect them to know the metric system. Hang on, right? Okay. okay, right. And what if it's like? Okay, I was gonna go I back feel- to penises, but we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> we can every time. It's fine. I feel like they could be like eleven inches. That's the average. What about you guys? <laughs> You gotta learn the metric system. They totally lied. You know they did. Of course. Oh my god, Cubat. Oh, (laughs) but imagine if they had like that little red man though, and they were like, "But this guy's three. Like it was like just just roasting. You'll understand when you see. By the way, the way we're handling this, I feel like every scientific community needs like two almost like Gen Z millennial mean girls to be like, "Um, that's stupid." Um, (laughs) hello. Do you know what I would think if I saw that? I'm Generation okay. Xenon, and I have a lot to say. <laughs> okay, so then there's also um, the number of the human population of Earth, which was in 1974. So okay. figure that one out for yourself. It's changed. Yeah. Um, also, like, really assuming, like, there isn't, like, a mass extinction by the time this message gets to them. Really, really bold assumption. And then I don't know what... I don't know how in-depth this goes, but I just... This is a whole quote, by the way, everything I'm describing. This uh-huh. is all from wikipedia the next thing that was listed in this message is the solar system which i don't know if that means like a list of the planets or like how the entire thing works yeah anyway and then the last thing that it mentions is the observatory that this message came from and the diameter of the transmitting antenna dish i mean that seems like so not interesting or important or important like there's so many things i feel like you would want to say like we come in peace we right i I could come up with we are nice we are nice please don't hurt me yeah Uh, we have dogs here be careful i don't know like anything so here's the most infuriating part of all of this oh no 
I want you to guess how long it will take that message from 1974 to actually get to star cluster M13. You're kidding me. Um, a hundred years. It is going to take 25,000 years <laughs> to reach them. And then another 25,000 years if they were to give us an immediate reply. Because now it has to come oh back the other way. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like, and they had the fucking nerve to be like, this is the population of Earth. <laughs> like, Here's what? a man. It's like, nobody Here. gives a shit. Here... 25,000 years ago, this was our population. By the way, one thing they didn't fucking mention in that message, the time it was sent. Like, Okay, that was what I was going to say. Like, date I received. Get, like, I assume, I assume if these other people are smart enough to send a message back, they could probably trace it back. But, oh, how awkward, though. 25,000 years later, that's like a catfish in the making. Like, they show up and they're <laughs> like, you gave us a totally different idea of what it was like over here. <laughs> Uh, we thought you were little red men who are three we inches tall men with, with 11, 11 inch, inch penises. <laughs> <laughs> and we are sorely disappointed and we are going home. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. Also, it'll take us 25,000 years to turn around and go back <laughs> home. Do the long drive home. <laughs> also, like, what happens if 25,000 years pass and then that message gets to them and they're like, like, what do we think they're going to do? Like, holy shit, we got to get to Earth. Like, they know, one through ten. Yeah. Like, what? Wow. They watched Sesame Street. Congratulations. <laughs> what are they supposed to do with this information? The other infuriating thing is because it will take 25,000 years, by the time it gets there, M13 won't even be at that location. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so, so like, what is the point? I they're mean, just sending it into f fucking uh, the void, I guess. How awkward. I feel I feel embarrassed that this was sent on my behalf, you know? <laughs> like, I wish we all could have, like, p taken part. Think of the people literally going to be born 20,000 years from now who are also going to have to be embarrassed because another 5,000 years have to pass until the aliens start laughing at us. That's so embarrassing. And also, like, if they're already, realistically, if they're already wildly technologically advanced compared to us... And and now imagine another twenty five thousand years oh, of advancements, so bad. and we send them a fax from seventy four. Like, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Who is we, going to want to see us? Like, you all you've all you've done is make it clear that they shouldn't come here. That they want nothing to do with us. Honestly, that's so embarrassing. A fax. Oh no. So our technology. Uh, obviously, has not uh, been able to detect any signals yet. And the theory is that other civilizations' equipment would be more advanced and could pick up this weird message. Great. Maybe, and maybe there's life elsewhere, but we are the only intelligent civilization so far that we know of, and that might be because of the Great Filter. What's that? So the Great Filter is in a. This is like one of the bigger concepts in this paradox. The Great okay. Filter. So the Great Filter is an event. That happens, in theory, on every civilization at some point. Um, and it stops civilization from evolving any further and ends the civilization altogether. So it's kind of just the thing that butterfly effect keeps us from oh. existing anymore. So okay. the event could be anything. It could be natural. It could be man-made. It could be solar flares. It could be climate change. It could be asteroids. It could be nuclear warfare. Or even... It could be an event so early in the civilization's existence that civilization barely existed to begin with and was immediately eradicated. So 
the concept mm. of basic molecules never becoming complex because mm. of whatever conditions are on that planet. Mm-hmm. So, like that could be the great filter. And like, because they never became more complex, life just never continued. Now by civilization, do you mean like, oh, the Romans? Or do you mean like humans in general? Like just, just intelligent life. And oh, okay. So intelligent- it's not just like a one um, cultural civilization. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, overall. Okay. Overall, just like uh, like an intelligent life form living somewhere else okay um and so the idea is maybe a lot of a lot of these places that statistically intelligent civilizations exist maybe there's a huge chunk of them where the great filter took them out before they could have ever Mm. become intelligent so even though mathematically it makes sense that they would have existed they just never even got the chance because they got wiped out too early right so technically they existed they just didn't get very far which would make the math sound but it would also explain why we're not hearing them because they never got further than being molecules they never learned how to make a fax (laughs) they never learned how to make themselves they were literally (laughs) (laughs) okay fair that's the saddest thing i ever heard but okay (laughs) so the major points or the major concepts which lead to intelligent life to i guess answer more your question of like what what it means to become a civilization right There's a list of pivotal things that have to happen in order for you to become a civilization. Mm. All the way from the beginning of the timeline, you have to have a star system with proper conditions for intelligent life to be created. Okay. Then there have to be reproductive molecules. Mm -hmm. There have to be simple single cells. Then there have to be complex single cells after that. Then there has to be reproduction then the multi-cell life, eventually it becomes tool-using animals, okay. and which then uh, ultimately becomes what our intelligent civilization is today. So it's like all of these big evolutionary things have to happen right. for us to get even to here. And so sex. The, and sex. That was the reproduction one. <laughs> and so <laughs> the Great Filter suggests that if something catastrophic happens at any point in the timeline, then we are no able no longer able to become intelligent life or thrive as intelligent life or communicate with other intelligent life. Okay. Um, or like, even if there's other intelligent life out there that somehow has survived up into this point, like we have, or maybe even further on, if we're out, we're out, we can't talk to them. Right. So one of the big theories behind why we haven't made contact with other life forms is because at some point in other civilizations or potential civilizations, a great filter causing event happened and destroyed them early on. So because right. I know I keep repeating myself, but I'd rather over explain. No, no, no. I, I'm, it's good. I'm so, actually following for once. So hey, I, love it. <laughs> I told you I learned astrophysics. I'm like, telling you and I'm learning it. Wow. <laughs> so because so many things have for us to have even gotten here, there has to have been so many things that went perfectly right in perfect order under perfect conditions for us to have even gotten past like, I don't know, like simple cells and like, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. All the way to like being able to use tools and then like having our own intelligent civilizations. Like, it's just like, what are the odds right, prob- right. probability wise that of those 1000 potential intelligent civilizations in our galaxy, how many of them beat the odds and also got as far as we did. Totally makes sense. So for us, even like even though it's amazing that we're here, it took Earth billions of years to even get to this point. Sure. So we, for all we know, could be a complete random fluke. And that's how like we just happened to survive existing this long when most don't. 
That tracks though. Like we're just all sitting here all depressed and you know in the 21st century and it's like we were just all a fucking fluke i was supposed to be a simple cell organism (laughs) i was supposed to have a one track life and here we are (laughs) i was supposed to be a fish in a puddle what happened now we gotta work are you kidding me so uh most civilizations the theory goes that because of the great filter and the catastrophic events that probably happen earlier on in civilizations most civilizations probably aren't as lucky and something ended them way before they could ever make contact with us which then like i said earlier already it tracks mathematically that those civilizations could have existed but it also tracks for why we're not hearing anybody because we might actually be alone yeah so this leads to the question did we accidentally survive a great filter event and like <laughs> like oh, no. how if we're alone because it is so improbable for us to have made it this far and very <sighs> few do did we accidentally survive an event that was supposed to wipe us out who let that happen by the way <laughs> who 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 did that also who here's the other... smoke break and like let us survive <laughs> i feel like that wasn't supposed to happen well here's the other flip side to that question or has the great filter event not happened yet well, that's also, or is it happening currently? I mean, I would argue it, it's climate entirely change. possible. Climate yeah. change. Yep. A lot I, of possibilities. Warfare, climate change. I think it was a, there was a study, I didn't keep it in my notes, but there was a study, I think in 2018, that basically said our great filter event is the climate change going yeah, on right now. Yeah, well, I'm not shocked at all. Like, that yeah. does not surprise me. So, um, here's the thing. If the great filter event hasn't happened yet, uh-oh, we're fucked, and we might cease to exist before we're ever able to make contact with other life. And the other really, like, depressing version of that is even if we were to put out more messages or more signals, even if we put out the signals now, we might cease to exist before we ever find out that someone actually did get the signal. Because Ugh. if you think about that one message from 1974, it's going to take 25,000 years for it to actually get to them. And in those 25,000 years, we could fucking die. And by the time they hear this, like, fun little text from us or AIM message, basically. <laughs> yeah. By facts. the time they find out about it, we've been dead for 20,000 years. So it's well, like. Well, they can probably see that message and be like, yeah, they didn't survive. Like, they'll see the message and be like, mm, like sorry. I don't even happened. I don't even need to look this up. I know this well, yeah. message is from beyond the grave. They were faxing us. We know they didn't make it much farther. <laughs> um, so. Here's so if we did somehow survive it though, then and like we're not supposed to have made it this far, then we can consider ourselves one of the very special civilizations to have made it this far and have advanced this far. And okay. we shouldn't, and thus we shouldn't expect other civilizations to have done that. To have done that too. So okay. this encourages one of the theories called the rare earth hypothesis, which is basically that we are mm. special and. Uh, not every other civilization has been able to get this far. Our planet's conditions are weirdly perfect f- to sustain life for longer. Mm-hmm. And it implies less of a chance of intelligent life being out there. The opposite is the mediocrity principle. Ah. And that's, we're not fucking special. Yeah. And, well, I I really hesitate to fall into the, we're so special camp I know. because it's just hard to believe. But yeah, okay. So the mediocrity principle is something that Carl Sagan and Frank Drake both uh, stand by. And I don't know if this was something that they said or if this is just more updated information, but our galaxy seems to be 
as similar to 77% of other galaxies. Okay, now that's interesting. So there's really nothing special about us. Our conditions are perfect for sustaining life. And therefore, this is more pro extraterrestrials exist because if there's yeah if there's a 77 percent chance that other earth-like planets have life like us then they have made it and the great filter yeah theory or the great filter event didn't wipe them out right um so although this suggests that there's other life out there this is an interesting caveat where Mm -hmm. it's like it's like okay so there is other life out there. The mediocrity principle stands firm. There's a bunch of civilizations out there, or there's a bunch of life out there, but it doesn't always mean that it has become intelligent life. It most, one of the theories is basically Mm. that even though there is a lot of life out there, maybe there is a fluke that we are one of the earlier ones and therefore currently the more advanced or based on their conditions, they take longer to evolve than we did. And right. so even if there are like, what is it, 100,000 right. whatever chances of there being life in our galaxy, most of them could just be fucking cells and Algae molecules. or some shit, yeah. So technically, yeah, there's a lot of other life out there, but it is not even aware that it could make contact with us. Right, okay. So th- what that then leads to is um, the concept of like, it's not a great argument for other civilizations actually existing out there because if you think about how long it took Earth to get us to where we are, billions of years. First of all, billions of years to create, to have all these creatures, to eventually evolve us into who we are today. Mm-hmm. And out of all of that time of Earth's existence to get us here, there is only one species on Earth, us, who have been able to even come up with scientific advancements to make contact. Right. You think of all the time it took all of the species out there on earth and out of all those species of, of life, we're the only ones like, what is, what is that fraction or that num that very small number of success of being able to reach out. So when you think of like all of the other planets out there that probably have life on them, if it's anything like earth, there could be, several 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 thousands or hundreds or whatever types of species that are technically intelligent life but they have no there's no way there's a lot of rhinoceroses exactly a lot of pigeons and it's like i don't know there's actually a theory that i talk about in a second called the water world hypothesis (gasps) where there's a theory that most intelligent life out there is just fish so it's like there's (laughs) Like, yeah, it's technically intelligent life. but It's like, your nightmare. It's my fucking nightmare. But also, like, <laughs> not a chance in hell are we ever going to be able to make contact with them. So, like, <laughs> it's it's just really interesting when you think of, like, for Earth to take this long to get yes. one species that can make contact with you, how long is it going to take any and other? to have only a handful, I think you probably already said this, but, like, a handful of people within our entire species yes. who can pull that off, I feel like that alone is... Such a good point. Like, think of every, not just, like, the population of everyone that's ever lived on Earth, but the population of every living creature that's ever been on Earth. And there's probably, like, I don't know, a thousand or two of them that actually know how, like, rockets work. Like, are you right, talking- like Carl Sagan. Like, the, <laughs> like there we what? go. The, the odds of that. Right. 
So like, I'm sure it's more than a thousand scientists out there, but like, you know what I mean? Like the number is so small. The probability of even our most advanced and intelligent life form after billions of years. Right. So few of us can do it. It makes sense. That's to to me, I think that's my favorite theory of like why we haven't heard from anyone because yeah, they could exist, but like they're all fish. Damn, there's like one of them, like there's one that could probably make contact with us. So who knows? Yeah. Or they're all, yeah, dolphins. So, um, (laughs) so anyway, here are just now I'm done with all of the other stuff. This is just the possibilities. This is just like the main running theories. So, number one, now, these aren't in a certain hierarchy. These are just listed. Number one is that intelligent life could have already come here. And it was just so far before we ever even got here that even if there were artifacts or evidence of them being here, we're, it's not even part of our realm of understanding that they were aliens. Okay. Um, so they could have been here, but there's no evidence that we know of it. The got second it. one, which uh, falls into the great filter is that maybe other life was interested in making contact with us, but they became extinct before either we got here or their signal got here. Okay. Makes sense. We just never got to make contact with them, even if they tried. They were already wiped out. Do you remember what number three is? Oh, fuck. I got all excited and then I drank so much wine. Um, Number three was they were like, we don't want anything to do with you. Yes, that they're just not interested. They're just not into you it's sad but it's kind of a truth we have to accept uh let me see where i what i wrote down for this he's just not that into you and i don't necessarily blame him (laughs) so here's the thing they're not they could just be completely uninterested they could see us as inferior or not worth their time especially check 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 i mean this falls into it too but if we're so if they're so advanced why on earth would you go to such a primitive area like i guess to take it over is my only thought right like unless you were there for some dominance in which case we should be so lucky that they they, Uh, exactly we're such a throwaway planet they're like we don't even (laughs) want to dump like that would be too easy (laughs) unless we've destroyed the planet enough that they're like eh, it's not worth saving (laughs) so um, here's another idea about how they're uninterested, though. They may be um, so advanced on their own planet or in their own galaxy that they've already discovered and explored everything they need and every need of theirs is already fulfilled. So they don't even... They're not interested to, right, like expand. That, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it's not yeah, even yeah. interest in fascination. It's like they're not interested in like changing their way of life. They don't life. need it. Right, right. Like also they could be like, they could be a utopian and they're like all we we truly just want everyone to leave us alone and we leave you alone and they we're perfect where not, we are if they're a utopia they should probably avoid avoid you know, one our, look our at us and yeah they would be like oh it's oppression some here's another one some civilizations this is a very wonky belief but it falls under the they could be uninterested in us there was one theory that some civilizations out there could be so technologically advanced that they basically have like a very well set up metaverse experience where they mm. can just or what was it? it was like that Black Mirror episode or something or I feel like there was a TV series. Oh, it was called Upload, literally called Upload, where they basically their day to day is they upload their minds into virtual worlds and they just live there and they are blissfully unaware of the physical <gasps> universe around them. Oh, wow. So they're not even physically present. They're, they're like, check the fuck out. Got it. 
So they could like upload their minds onto machines. And if they wanted to, they could even explore galaxies from like virtual reality or like Ooh. working from home, <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> work from home, like distant uh, working remote or whatever. But um, <laughs> yeah, you literally just said that. But like, that could be the concept too of like, they've just, they're so advanced. Like the idea of even space exploration is primitive to them. <laughs> okay. Um, another one is that, this is a, like a common regular conspiracy theory that the government has found out that there are signals out there and just haven't told us about it. about that too. Yeah. Another one is that, this is my, another favorite of mine. We just live too far away from other life forms uh, oh. for them to colonize us. Basically that we're in the Inconvenient. sticks. Oh, yeah. We're like, <laughs> we're in the sticks. We're in the boonies of the galaxy. And <laughs> like, so the, first of all, the distance between our galaxy and theirs might be just not worth the trip. Or maybe it's so far away that they're like, kind of like the facts from 1974. Maybe they're mid trip and it's just taking thousands of years and we don't they're know. They're like, it. we'll right be right there. <laughs> um, or we're alien e hillbillies. Yeah. I yeah. like that theory. <laughs> Beverly hillbillies, but the earth hillbillies um <laughs> so even if they wanted to talk to us uh or send signals to us maybe by the time the message got to us they would be extinct because of the great filter or depending on their civilization the distance from their galaxy to ours could be too energy costly and they it's not worth the resources sure and for all we know, if we really are, quote, in the sticks, here's the fun part. Maybe they have colonized and or are in full communication with other galaxies, but we're, we're just, like, left out. We just have, like, full FOMO. That hurts my feelings. One of the original physicists that talked to Fermi that day in 1950, he basically said, like, what if we're just not part of, like, the metrop metropolitan, you know, galaxy conquests? What if How we're just, like... dare they? out in rural bumfuck nowhere galaxy How dare they and we just don't know it another theory is that these intelligent civilizations know better than to broadcast their location because of threats out there colonizing them mm, they're like we know what happens yeah okay exactly interesting, interesting. so other civilizations out there might avoid reaching out because mm -hmm. they they might be thinking and also they might not know about other threats they might just be paranoid about other threats because if they're also wondering about mm -hmm. there's got to be other life out there we should make uh we should make contact they might be thinking we can't possibly be the first ones to make contact aka whoever made contact before us and we never heard from them again something must have happened so like mm -hmm. we know better than to try because we're scared of the other people who that tried and sense. weren't successful yeah they could also just in general be wary of potential threats, and so they're just keeping quiet, mm -hmm. um, which also probes then come into play, which are basically like big robotic machines that do the job for them and basically patrol the galaxy for new life. So Ooh. there's a theory that extraterrestrials could have just created monitors and they're always watching the universe uh, through these machines. and Ooh. And maybe these machines are um i don't know taking out other civilizations and that could be what's causing the great silence or the um the great filter it's like maybe oh, they're just no maybe they're just taking out other civilizations one by one taking you out threats and so they could just or everyone could just be neutral and aware of other life and like you know they just don't want to be a part of it so 
<laughs> the next thing that's also very similar to this is the thought that there could be a, quote, super predator civilization. Oh, I don't like that. And basically, they are the first extraterrestrial intelligent life form to have gotten here. Therefore, they're the most advanced. And I guess to keep threats down, if they find out there's any other intelligent life, they just fucking knock them out. And then that oh, would explain no. the great silence because everyone's taken out before they even have a chance oh, to make no. contact. The sub theory to that is maybe because maybe we are the earliest or most advanced and maybe we're the super predator and don't know it yet. That sounds like some dumb shit we would do. We're sounds just like destroy everyone else. Sounds like Will Smith is going to make a movie about it in two years. <laughs> so uh, another one is uh, simply we're just not advanced enough in our technology and they are making signals to us and we are just not detecting them. Um, we're either we have less advanced technology or right. you know either the technology is true primitive like maybe they don't use radio waves right. um or their signals could their signals could be so advanced that we they could be hitting us right in the fucking face and we wouldn't even know it right where like they could be so advanced that to us maybe it just sounds like random ambient noise and we're just right. ignoring it or maybe we're so focused on radio waves that we're not paying attention to the right frequency or um this was interesting to me was that their technology could be so advanced. We wouldn't be able to comprehend it. I saw one quote where someone referred to us as like, maybe we're just ants on an ant hill and we're completely mm. under and we're completely unaware of the 10 lane super highway next to us. Now that, Ooh, that gave me goose cam. That, which is, is true. Cause like, what if they're, what if their version of communication is like weather and like every time it rains, those are aliens literally fucking like, talking to us. Clouds. And we're like, oh, it's chilly and gloomy out. I wonder if aliens exist. It's now like we can eat corn. It's like right. that's not the point. Okay. <laughs> so this actually kind of that kind of segues pretty perfectly into one of my last theories, which is that um other life is actually out there watching us from afar and interacting with us at all times. We're just not aware of it. So oh, great. either they're interacting or they're one or they could be 100% even just like looking through a window for the most part. And they're like, look, don't touch. We know you're there and you don't know we're there and we're observing you. Ooh, so this is this is called the zoo hypothesis, which <laughs> is basically that we are a zoo um, and that there is life smarter and more advanced than us out there that knows better than to interfere with us because they don't want to disturb our natural evolution and development. Oh, because how nice. <laughs> one, one of those theories is that we're supposed to actually graduate to a much more advanced version. And if they get in our way, we might destroy ourselves before that gets to happen. Uh, well, um, I think that might be already happening. So if you guys want to step in, honestly, I invite you to please rain bananas on us or whatever. Just Christine help, just said, help give us corn. Uh, on top of the zoo hypothesis where they're just watching us and they don't get in the way, there's a spinoff theory called the laboratory hypothesis, which is that humanity oh, no. either either was or is part of an, a galactic lab experiment. Okay, and, that's freaky. And the solar system is actually just a lab and the aliens are scientists. And that's why we can't hear anything because we're alone. And even though it makes sense that there should be other things going on in other labs, we can't hear them. And that's why every day when I want to get my cheese for breakfast, I have to walk through all these hallways and turn left and turn right <laughs> and turn left until exactly. I reach my little we're piece of cheese. We're just on the hamster wheel. I'm just a little rat. 
Which also brings me to what I think is going to be your favorite theory, mm. the holographic universe theory. Oh, boy. Or the planetarium hypothesis, mm. which is that we are in a... Simulation. AKA the universe is empty and there's no wonder why we can't make contact with anyone because Ooh. no other because no other life has been uploaded to the simulation. That is so creepy. So the idea is that extraterrestrial life Ugh. is out there and they created us sim- in a simulation, which is why Ugh. we can't reach them. Because Ugh. it's like when the Sims look at you and go, Hasafwa, Hasafwa. Like, <laughs> and you're like, no ladder for you. Goodbye. <laughs> That's exactly it. Um, and then I said earlier, the water world hypothesis that basically most intelligent life out there um, is dolphins is water animals. Yeah. Dolphins. Wow. Uh, and so if most of them are water animals, I think, what was his name? Andrew. Oh, Adam. I forgot his name. I thought I had in my notes. I must have deleted it somewhere. Um, But this scientist who's all about the water world hypothesis, um, if you Mm -hmm. happen to listen to this podcast, I'm sorry I didn't mention your name. Um, But basically he said, like, he kind of leaned into the rare earth hypothesis where, like, we are special and the conditions that got the conditions and circumstances of our planet actually did help us evolve better than other life out there. Mm-hmm. Um, because just the way that our planet is set up, it's weird that for a water world or a, a planet with so, so yeah. much water on it, yeah. we ended up knowing how to make fire and have opposable thumbs. And like, it, it is kind of actually a one of a kind fluke. And so sure. most creatures that come out of planets like ours are aquatic animals. Interesting. So in that realm intelligent life uh is most often other creatures that like the notion of making contact with other worlds is just like not even part of their comprehension Mm. so i'll end now on saying that humanity has been around for two hundred thousand years but we've barely scratched the surface in space exploration just to give you an idea we've only had for 130 years, keep in mind the world or the whole universe is like 14 billion years old. For 130 years, we've had radio transmissions. Yikes, that's freaky. For 100 years, we've had radio telescopes to try and actually see if other people are out there. And we only found out about planets outside of our solar system younger than us. Wait, really? In the 1990s, we found- No way. So exoplanets are planets outside of our solar system. And our first exoplanet we found was in the mid-90s. Are you serious? We are older than the discovery of exoplanets. Okay, so we are like... And that's planets in our galaxy that we only found out about like 30 oh, years ago so, so we know fucking nothing. nothing so we really we have to be the most primitive compared to like the compared to the chance and the likelihood that God. there are civilizations out there at i mean there is a range where like there is a chance that the oldest most advanced civilization out there is 14 billion years old <laughs> and we discovered planets outside of our solar system 30 years ago so like <laughs> we have to be the oldest grandpa at the party you know that's embarrassing um so we are still hopeful that we'll detect something we just launched uh nasa's James Webb Space Telescope, which is apparently the most powerful space telescope so far. There's also the Perseverance rover um, on Mars, who is currently collecting samples that and he'll come back in like a decade and maybe we'll find something there. 
um, SETI, that organization that looks mm -hmm. for the signals, their biggest challenge currently is searching for signals in such a vast universe with limited resources that are not advanced enough. So um, mm. even with their best technology, sending a signal currently from us, if we send a signal on Earth, the farthest it will broadcast is only 0.3 light years, which oh. apparently is not even... 10% of the distance to our nearest star. Oh, so okay. we're like the idea of us sending a message. It's really just kind of not, it's going in the spam it's folder. Juvenile. Really? <laughs> it's not going our anywhere. Fax is going to the spam folder. <laughs> and so basically their hope is eventually the fingers crossed that if someone wants to reach out to us specifically, they will send a very powerful and direct signal that we will be able to pick up on despite not having top of the line technology compared to what they probably have. Wow. Um, also, if when that happens, we have to make sure that we are listening to the right frequencies at the right range, uh, the right region at the right time. Like it's very touch and go if we would ever actually <sighs> know, even if there was a signal coming our way, cause it might be so different than what we know. Holy um, shit. And right now, we have only one piece of evidence that intelligent life exists, and that's us. And for all we know, mm. we could be a total fluke, and that is the Fermi Paradox. What the fuck? I had no idea. No idea. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Daylight saving time is starting up again. It may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com drink. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.
before we get back into it, I have to tell you, I just went to yeah. go grab some water and I did my thing that I love me so much. <laughs> I, here's what happened. We, tell me. <laughs> we know we love sleep me and we know how I love sleep. Me loves gifts as a love. We language. love sleep. Um, yeah, we do. So honestly, I don't know if, if this was sleep me. I don't know if this was three years ago. Me. I don't know. Because I've told everyone here before that one thing I like to do is send future me presents. Um, and like, I'll just pick a random day. Like, you know how they'll say, like, when do you want to send this? Today's 222. Two, two. Did you send yourself something? I'm obvious. I sent myself something. And um, I didn't know. Remember at the beginning you said, oh, I wish I'd sent myself a gift. I knew myself well enough to know that I needed you, to do it like years ago, I guess. You should have known yourself today well enough to know you did do it. Look what, what is I, it? It's chocolate-covered strawberries. <laughs> and it says, Happy 22222 Future M. You've been waiting... <laughs> you've been waiting a long time for today. Look at all you've accomplished up until now. I'm so proud of you. Love past M. M, what the fuck? <gasps> I... This no one knows how to woo me quite like me. You've said I, it before and you'll say it again and it'll I'll say always it again. be true. But, okay, here's my question. Is there a way to figure out when you sent that? Do you remember sending it? Not even a little bit. You I, should check because I wonder. It, it just, it would, it would be Knowing so, me, it was years ago. I, it would be so heartwarming to know like, oh, when you say, look how far you've come. And if it was like oh, years ago. Even you know? I wouldn't have known how far. Exactly. Well, that's so sweet. I am so That's nice. That's the nicest thing I ever heard. I really, I'm telling you, everybody, that like, I honestly think it probably was years ago because what I like to do when I'm bored, like if I, especially when like I, like if I ever got a paycheck and I had some like extra money, I yeah. would intentionally go on like an edible arrangements or like a gift site and where they would show like the calendar and it's like when do you want the scent i would close my eyes and just pick a day and so it was like completely Are you random serious it was completely random to even me and it would be such a wow. surprise you know, but i would i always sign it to future m love past m but this one i did a whole message of like i'm so proud of you honestly m at the beginning of the show, you were like, I wish I'd sent myself something. And lit and past you was like, just wait. I'm my own little We're going to get it on camera. I, that Aww. is what past me dreamed of. Absolutely. Your past you was like, wait till the camera is fucking recording. And look at this. Look at this stupid fucking box. XO, the box XO, XO. is full on hot pink Valentine's <laughs> for anyone who's listening. It is hot pink Valentine with gold accent. Like it I is... Look, if you could marry yourself, I would have done it years ago. I'm just telling me that. I don't just did you just say just telling me that? <laughs> just telling everyone that. Like if you're not dating yourself, you can't possibly date anyone else. You have to love you first. And I certainly do. That's very deep. Um, anyway, I hope you enjoyed astrophysics. You know, I'm so <laughs> <laughs> All right, I need to get some wine. I'm literally drinking this whole bottle. Oops. Um, okay, here's the thing. I Oh, no. No, you did not do it, Christine. Oh, shit. Your whole room is white as snow. I mean, never mind. Not anymore. I just spilled all over my office. Chair. See, I'm smitten with who I am in the past. With, like, I know how to really treat Nobody myself right. Nobody needs to know how I feel about myself. Past Christine 
really loves to fuck with future Christine. Past Christine has never said, look how far you've come, because past Christine is like, I don't want to know. I'm going to close my eyes. <laughs> past Christine was like, I already know where we are, girl. And it's, yeah. a, it's a carpet full of wine. I guess they're like, past Christine is a little bit like, there's only up from here. But <laughs> we don't know how far up. But is it on the say- carpet? You got to do the... the- the push the no. push twist and release. Honestly, I'm very impressed with myself because it is all over this um light gray Kelly Clarkson office chair that I bought from Wayfair.com. Kelly. Aww. But I put on this maroon shirt and I wiped all the see, I wiped all the wine off it with my shirt. It's almost like past Christine knew <laughs> that future Christine was gonna need a wine colored shirt. And look at the shirt. It says, blame it on Mercury retrograde. I feel like that person, that shirt ripped off our Mercury Retrograde shirt. I'm just saying. Somebody, one of our listeners gave it to me, so I don't know where it's from, but it served me well in this very moment. But I will say, too, when I wish I were more like you, well, full stop. I know. I know. Just take that and, like, swallow it and keep it in your brain. But also, you know that's true already. But I also wish I were more like you because... When I'm like, I want something for myself, I'm like, but I want it right now. I don't have like... Oh, I do that too. I, oh, I, okay. Okay. I dub- well, okay. There is... The limit does not exist in terms of gifts <laughs> to myself. Like, I get future me gifts. I get present me gifts. I I <laughs> I give past me gifts because sometimes I like to, like, heal my inner child and I do things that don't really make sense. But, like... Wait, that's so cute. Okay. Okay. Wait. I like that. So it's like, oh, I'll buy myself chocolate strawberries now, but I'll also just send myself some in the future. Yeah. I'm now sure that. I I'm sure I did a two for one situation with this and like past me ate real good at night, you know? Okay. That makes me feel better because I'm like, if I were like buying myself chocolate covered strawberries, I'd be like, but I'm hungry now. Okay, so you do both. Now yeah. that I can get behind. I look, there I'm just saying, it's a good it's a it's honestly the best thing I could have done for my relationship with myself. No, I is, love it. And I'm okay, I know we're going kinda long, but I have a question. So like when did you first start doing that? Because I, I feel like that's such a hmm. kind self love thing to do. And I don't have many of those things. And I, I, wa- I, I feel like a lot of us could use a tip like that. Like when I wish did you it, first start? I it had to have been on okay, well this is like really like it's about to get sad, but I think I started doing it when I was in my last relationship, which as you know, was mm, excellent. F- fucking bonkers, <laughs> <laughs> really horrific Healthy. and awful. Um, and so I was, I mean, this is about to sound really sad, but we're in a happy place now and it's fine. And we're just saying things and it doesn't have to come with an awe. But I think I was like, well, this person isn't treating me right so i'll treat myself right so damn but good for you i feel like a lot of people myself included have thought this person isn't treating me right i guess i deserve it (laughs) it started out really sad though i think because when i would treat myself like they couldn't know because like i would like sure quote get in trouble that i was like sure i didn't spend the money on them or whatever blah 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 so i think it used to be like a secret little sneaky thing and then now i like i see I kept it and I'm like, no, I should be proud that I like love me before anyone else. Absolutely, you should. I tell Allison all the time that I like love me the most, but like (laughs) not, not like a bad way, but like if I don't love me, there's no way I'm going to be able to love on you. And so like I give myself presents, I get Allison presents, everyone wins, you know? I'm so happy for you and I'm, I'm honestly, I felt so bad that I hadn't gotten you something for 222 and so I'm so glad you got you something for 222. 
Look, I think on a, and a, to answer the question again, I think part of me started doing it too because I felt kind of like a time traveler because I've always signed it as past to future yeah. M from past it, M. That part tracks one hundred and ten percent. Not surprised about that. Anyway, are we surprised wow. this is a long episode? No, no. Uh, but wow, M. let's let's keep it all in though. I feel like we've only no. I we've, love it. We've done nothing but just bond. I think it's really special, and I I feel like um you're you've taught all of us a thing or two about self love. You know. Before we get into murder, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> if you if past you or if it could be present you and you're talking about future you, mm-hmm. if you had to get yourself a present right now that you know like in six months on a completely random date would just blow your mind, what would you get yourself? Oh, me? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be oh. crazy. It's something like this. Like if you could order something oh. tonight to surprise yourself, what would it be? Um, that's such a nice question. Because you sh- everyone, anyone who's listening, this is your homework. Go on a website, get yourself a thing, and don't let it show up. Pick up, make someone else pick the date, but they, like let them pick the calendar date, and you don't even know when it's coming. And oh my gosh, I, you know what's so weird is like, I know I'm like all like being like all crunchy granola right now, but it always happens to be on days where like I yeah. really need it. And so I'm like not surprised at all. I feel like that's how the universe works. Yeah. And every time I'm just like, damn, like I knew me better than I even thought that's I did. That's so sweet. Yeah. And honestly, to answer your question, I have no idea. I've never thought about it. I have no idea. So I should probably do some introspection. That's your homework. I want to hear next week on the next episode what you got yourself as a <laughs> that's surprise. so cute. I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. I will well, think about it. Think about it while we're talking about the complete opposite spectrum of topics, which is Aww. just awful and sad and 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 gloomy. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how else to segue into. Please tell me horrible stories as we're all about self love hey, right now. Let's all love ourselves anyway. Oh, <laughs> that's the cutest thing. Em. And you should give yourself a little letter, like I give myself. Now that's nice. I honestly like. I sometimes tease you for that like oh your past self your future self but like the fact that you said today on the episode like oh i i thought i would have given like sent myself something and then you did so i i'm telling you i know me better than i even realize because but i know future (sighs) me better than i know present me is the thing but that's so nice to be known you know by yourself (laughs) like you I'm the only one. You know what? As much as I love you or I love my parents or I love Allison, I have to deal with myself for the rest of my life. That's exactly right. Everyone else, everyone else has a chance to leave, by the way. (laughs) No, everyone else has a chance at leaving. I'm stuck with me. So I better treat me right. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think we can all learn a thing or two from you, but Mm -hmm. all right. So today I have for you a part two and it's been a long time since we recorded part one. Yeah, I don't even know what part one was. Yeah, so I will tell you. Part one, God, it was weeks ago now. Uh, Part one was the, so the whole story is the Elan School, which (gasps) is that abusive as a hell school. Okay, I'm going to be honest. I almost cheated on you. (gasps) And I almost watched the documentary you were talking about with this. But I didn't want to find out anything that you were going to end up telling me. So I have it saved in my list, but I did not watch it. Well, thank you for saving it because there's only a bit more. But once it's done, you really should watch it. Um, But thank you for for saving it. What was it called again so other people can watch it? Uh, So the show, the movie or the documentary. I think it was on Prime or something. Um, Yeah, it's called The Last Stop. Yes. And it is on uh, Amazon Prime, as Em said. 
and um, it's about this school. If you haven't listened to the last part, you probably should because it describes the whole background of the school and all the people involved. Um, but it's basically this kind of reform school in Maine and all sorts of kind of fucked up stuff is going on here. We haven't gotten to really like the main story yet, but um, they had the last thing I talked about was basically how they had this thing called primal scream therapy where oh, you yeah. would just like scream bloody murder and try to get out all your feelings. Oh, it was um, I mean, it was bad. It was like it, there was not a single rule that you couldn't avoid breaking without breaking a different rule like you can't you can't look up but you can't look down but you can't sit but you can't stand but you can't sleep but you can't be awake like everything Uh, was so wild so it was like you you can't talk to people but if you're quiet then you're in trouble it's like it's there was even some it felt like you're not supposed to date or be interested but also if you're not interested then that's a problem rude then yeah exactly and so there were there were a ton of it's basically a lose-lose and also, like, the punishments are, like, if you do that, then, like, other people have the freedom to, like, beat the crap out of you or something. It was, like, like if you bother someone, they have the right to hit you or something crazy like that. I don't even remember that part. Um, I feel like I, I – e- either you did tell me there was physical abuse or I am already primed to – Or like, we're getting there. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. So either – Either it's been already said or it's coming up. But yes, you're completely right. There is definitely physical abuse involved. Um, so they had these encounter groups. They had this physical or this primal scream therapy. Um, and they had these rules called guilt. And if you went against guilt, there were repercussions. And um, I wrote, I think I already read the whole list of things that included guilt, which are the things you were mentioning, talking too quietly, talking too loudly, mm-hmm. talking too much, not enough, uh, reading or writing, speaking without permission, uh, not eating, eating too much, uh, rolling your eyes. Like there were just a bajillion different things. And you were basically, it's a lose-lose, like you were screwed. Mm. So that was the last thing I had read. Um, and so there's a whole list. I said it in the last episode, um, if you want the whole list, there's like 45 things on it. So I'm not going to reread it, but uh, if you were caught doing a guilt, uh, which is one of these bullet points, by staff or uh, students who were listed as strength students, which is yeah. like when you were older or like mm-hmm. you graduated from like a non-strength to a strength. Um, if you were caught by any of those people, you were going to be punished. Um, punished. Yep. So Ugh. staff would make the teens write down their own guilt and so you would have to basically tell on yourself, like you would write down right. Your this, is, own this is where sins. I said it felt very Scientology because yes. it's like you're owning up, like to yes. things that yes. like you're being forced into like admitting faults for punishment. It's so you're weird. like blackmailing yourself, basically, yes. Yes. like Nexium almost. I don't know if, yeah. you, if you remember Nexium, but yeah, like so it's it's sort of like you are writing your own, <laughs> yeah, like um, blackmail. Uh, so. Basically, they would have you write your darkest thoughts, fears, and worries, and then that would be weaponized against you. Um, So these were often written on the clipboards of these strength students, and you'd usually have to write one guilt every day. And if you didn't have a guilt that day, then that was your guilt, that you didn't have a guilt that day. So Isn't that wild? Like, you're supposed to feel bad that you don't feel bad? That you don't feel bad. Like, you didn't do anything wrong, so that's wrong yeah literally as i said earlier like you're in trouble for not like no you couldn't not break a rule without breaking another rule of like 
you're in trouble for not being in trouble. What? Yes. Yeah. It's a lose-lose. Like you cannot Crazy win. Making. So one way that you were punished for your guilt was via what they called learning experiences, uh, which came in all shapes and sizes and all levels of inventiveness, which the word inventiveness is so uncomfortable to me in this kind of context because I'm like, I don't like when people get creative with things like punishment. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. With your stories about like Alcatraz and all these different places. Every time I hear like inventive punishment, I'm like, I don't. It's also like, it's very interesting because um, what was it called? Learning something? Learning experiences. Yeah. Because so in there's, um, there's a few like fundamentalist groups I follow where like their punishment is called like training. Oh, or like, no. or it's like not even like punishment later, but so in Duggar worlds, one of the things that like fascinates me about them is that there's, um, different types. It like raising your kids is called training them, which is like <gasps> very punishment based, disciplinary based where it's like, I'm training you to obey. And so like, it's like the, their way of taking the word learn or the concept of mm-hmm. education always seems to come with threats. Yes. Yeah. And I'm I'm only comparing, you know, two fringe belief systems to each other, not saying they're the same, but it's, it's just a weird, it's interesting that it's common across all very, in my opinion, fucked up beliefs. No, I totally agree. And I mean, the phrase, the word training is what they use in like the army, you know, so it's like, (laughs) to break somebody, yeah, right? Like they shouldn't go hand in hand, you would think with like, raising a child but yeah. i guess that's how it is mm. um so yeah they had these learning experiences so some examples of this inventive punishment included the following split risks and <gasps> i know it already sounds bad um so those who tried to or planned to escape from elon were deemed split risks so whether you literally tried to run or you just looked out the window in a forlorn way and they decided Ugh. you looked like you were trying to run away. Uh, one of the punishments was that you were given shoes without laces and forced to wear bright yellow shirts and skimpy pink shorts. Okay, so there's like, at the time, it was very emasculating as it well. It was emasculating, exactly. And that that kind of does come down to a lot of this. Um, a lot of shame. A lot of, exactly, like fully shame-based stuff. Um, If you attempted to escape on multiple occasions, your poison was a pink rabbit suit. Uh, You wouldn't have any shoes and you'd wear leg shackles. Um, And basically, like you said, the point of the punishment was to humiliate the student and restrict their movement. So there were also costumes uh, in addition to this bunny suit. That was another form of humiliation. They would force them to wear a costume that embodied the guilt they had committed. For example... Every morning, a girl called Jennifer, who had a crush on one of the guys, was forced to wear a whore costume. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God. As if a bunch of teenagers don't all have a crush on someone. Like, what are you talking about? Also, that- like, again, I don't mean to, like, direct this to other fringe extreme groups, but, like, that seems very based in purity culture. It, it, no, it is, right? Like, it's very fitting. I mm-hmm. think so. Yeah, so she had to wear this quote-unquote whore costume and got up in front of the whole house and quote-unquote dance like she was a whore. <gasps> yeah, and she had to do that every morning in, like, assembly, basically. Yes. Also, like, that's so, like, like I know this is, like, not the main problem here, but, like, 
imagine you're that age though and it probably felt like the main problem at the time that your Absolutely. crush is your crush Absolutely. knows you had a crush and is this is because of you like and you happen to tell one friend or you wrote about in a journal and someone read it or whatever it may be and now it's just on display and you're being humiliated for it it's in front of your crush which in as, front of the crush. as a kid that's the worst part of this really? whole thing really like fucking imagine the trust trauma of not being able to absolutely. like tell your own friends you have a crush absolutely or even trusting yourself to write it in a journal or like feel it or Ugh. act on it yeah exactly um another kid was dressed up as a robot because they were deemed an emotional robot so some of them are very <gasps> direct like <laughs> direct like, costumes also, we don't know what the situation was. That kid might have been, you know, those might have been real psychological symptoms to pay attention oh, to. Absolutely. Or like, the exactly. kid could have been like neurodivergent in some way. Or I mean yep. it oh, And a lot so, of these a lot of these kids were, you know, had were there because of quote unquote behavioral problems. So we don't know why. We don't know what the background was. Oh, God. Um but one other kid was thought to be infantile so they were made to wear a diaper over their clothes (gasps) one girl this is pretty wild one girl had syphilis so they made her wear a crown of bloody tampons which (gasps) like what okay yeah what does that mean but also i don't want to know necessarily correlate but i guess someone thought it was a great idea uh one guy suggested in morning meeting that they should get a house dog he was like i think it would be really cool for us to get like a therapy dog like a house dog uh-huh. So they decided he would be the house dog. What? And they turned him into a dog. He was only allowed to communicate by barking. They made him walk around on all fours and wear a collar and a leash. Um, so I feel like had... I feel like that 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 was farther down the road where like the I don't want to say where the logic escapes people because this is already not rational. But I right. feel like I feel like they at least. In a, in a sick person's mind who's doing this to people, I feel like there was, like, some fucked up, like, one-way thinking. Yeah, it, it was, like, a direct correlation. There was yeah. no, like... But the dog thing is, like, so so he didn't do anything wrong, and now It was just, just gonna, like, a weird... Like, like, I feel like they're getting bored, and it's getting more extreme for, extreme. like, sick entertainment. And, like, nonsensical. Like, it's like, okay, he said we should get a dog, so now he's a dog. Like, like what? It, like I like looking at the clouds, so now I'm the sky. I'm like what? That makes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that makes no fucking sense. Okay, exactly. So it was strange. Um, but so they basically like anytime they wanted, anytime they wanted to call somebody dumb or say they had a stupid idea, they just humiliated them in some way. Um, so there was another punishment called shot down, and shot down duty was for people who smiled without permission. God <gasps> forbid. Which, by the way, like. Well, whatever. I'm not even going to go there. But so smiling without permission would lead you to shot down duty, um, which means you had to do chores around the school, like mopping floors, cleaning toilets and washing dishes while wearing a dunce cap. Um, There was a punishment called signs. And that meant that some students were forced to wear signs for days, uh, sometimes for weeks, which spelled out their problems and guilts. So, I mean, basically like a scarlet letter situation. Or even like basically like if you're a list of someone's guilts, I mean, you might as well just slap like someone's personal diary entry on their chest. Yeah, like crushes or whatever on them. And so at morning meeting, you'd have to stand up and read out your sign. Um, And people were welcome to, like, confront you about the sign you were wearing. So I'm going to read some of them here. They're just mortifying. So here's one. 
I'm Scott the hospital tot. I find it hard to see that I have guilt and it's killing me. I don't even know what that means. Hickory dickory dock, responsible I am not. I fell asleep like a little sheep. Ask me why I'm a dummy. Okay. Oh, wow. So like... Okay. I think like other kids are making these up too. I was like, going to say this sounds like a <laughs> like a kindergartner was trying to write a joke or something. Here's one. I'm a pussy and can't express my feelings. Oh, that's Wait. I dare I ask what was that person dressed like? Oh, nobody. That they were just wearing the sign. Oh, they okay. Didn't have a okay. Costume. I was like, yo, that's just doubly mortifying as a, as a teenager maybe a tampon crown but no i think Honestly, the costumes maybe. were a separate thing um here's one that's not good uh all i have to look forward to is getting raped in prison <gasps> oh my god yeah what? yeah uh please ask me why i swear okay i mean i'll wear that one that one's uh, fine that one's please, okay please confront me as to why i have so little self-control that i've become a blob Oh, that was to an overweight kid. <gasps> oh, no. <clears throat> Please ask me why I'm a whore. And that's uh, that was a girl who held hands with a boy when the lights went out for five seconds. And so she was. But know. like he fucking wasn't right. No, I don't believe so. So there you go. Exactly. So here, so I, I know you're in the middle of this, but here's my question, though. Was there, to your knowledge, ever a like shining teacher's pet because what the fuck was that guy doing like how do mm. you get away with not be- i feel like every single person 24 7 was breaking some had a sign on them or was dressed in a costume i feel like there was no quote normally dressed well, my thought happy is so- kid my thought is it's sort of like the prefect thing from harry potter where like it must have been some of the upper level kids who were the um, strengths who were enacting the punishment on others. I imagine that's the only way that you could be gotcha. climbing the ranks or be successful is that like you were playing the system and like, yeah. And that's why a lot of the kids in the interview or in the interviews in the um, docuseries said the same thing of like, I only went along with it because it was the only way to survive and not be also beaten. if it's like th- I mean, this feels like Lord of the Flies, that it's like the kids mm-hmm, controlling the mm-hmm. kids. But what is that psychology experiment? Is it the Stanford experiment where, like, yeah, they just Stanford let people experiment? They just let people play the role of a cop or like a corrections officer, and the other half played inmates, and like, mm-hmm. th- it was just shocking how quickly the people in control just like got so fucking violent and aggressive for yep. no reason. Like, I feel like that's happening here, where it's like you gave the kids who are desperate for acceptance you gave Mm -hmm. half of them a dose of power and now like yeah you give them power and then you say like if you reject the power then you get punished and it's like well, okay of course you're gonna play into it and of course you're gonna take on that role and so that definitely happened a lot so my only thought about like teachers pet type kids were the probably the ones who were following the rules and doling out punishment you know along with the others that's that's my guess um but yeah so that was the last one please ask me why i'm a whore was the last one for the signs um there was another punishment called the corner and according to um a survivor whose username was deleted but this is on reddit 
Children who tried to rebel or be free-thinking were thrown into an isolation room where they had to stay for months at a time. They had to sleep at night on a dirty mattress on the floor of the isolation room. The mattress was brought to them at midnight, and they were woken up around 7 a.m. Throughout the room, they had to be sitting up straight facing the wall. If they weren't, they'd be beaten up. They could only urinate or defecate in a bucket in the room, a bucket which would sometimes be emptied onto their head. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, my God. So, like, pure and utter abuse. Uh, no, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, they also would dole out spanking. I mean, not too much to explain about this. They would have the teenager bend over while each student at the facility was forced to spank them with a paddle. Um, and then there was something called electric sauce. And that was when a concoction of garbage, cigarettes, mustard, dirty water, ketchup, rotten food, urine, and poop would be poured over your head. And you were not allowed to clean it up until someone of authority gave you permission. So you just had to, like, suffer through it until someone said it was okay to go shower. This also Uh, feels very much Sylvia Likens or, like... Yes, yes, It was, like, all the 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 kids, kids. Mm -hmm. they were, like... Either I punish you or I'm going to get punished. So, like, it was yes. just, like, a, everyone against each other for, for survival. No, that's 100% right. It's, like, it's like how, how much blame do you place on other kids? Because it's, like, they're being manipulated, too. At what point are you perpetrating the, it. At what point are you the abuser or, yes. uh, like, just doing it for self-preservation? And also the psychological uh, trauma that must happen being one of those people who is also participating in the abuse and who it's like knows that you're hurting somebody but you're just yeah. desperate to not be the in the spotlight for a second terrible 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 Oof. so there was another one called general meetings and this was sort of like the encounter groups but uh, escalated so if you disobeyed a rule a general meeting would be called by the staff and that person would be put in front of all the students um, then a broomstick would be placed at the foot of the student who had broken a rule about four inches in front of their toes. And once the words, get your feelings off, were shouted, the students would sprint at full speed toward the student behind the broom, all the while screaming in that student's face. Uh, and they were forced to berate that resident shouting verbal abuse just inches away from their face at the top of their lungs. Uh, so that's fun. Jeez. And uh, let's see, the ring. This was probably the worst punishment of all of them. Um, For the ring, students would gather in a circle and the bully, a.k.a. the person who needed punishing, the person who committed the guilt, would have to fight against another person that they were guaranteed to lose against. They had boxing gloves and a helmet. So if the person the bully was fighting against got tired, there would be several other students to step in. So basically... (gasps) So you it's were you versus the school everyone. in a fighting ring. Yeah, everyone. And so you'd be beaten to the ground as fellow students would cheer, like, fuck him up, waste the little bitch, beat his ass. This is part of the documented stuff. People would scream. And if your tactic were to not fight at all, sometimes that would make it worse because then people would, they would get angry and try to make it even more of a punishment on you. Um, so now this is a big rewind, but we're going all the way back to Phil Williams, who I mentioned last episode, who had died of basically an aneurysm, uh, 
at the school and his sister had gotten a call being like, oh, uh, your brother has passed away from this aneurysm and it was really shocking and confusing. Well, it turns out he had participated in The Ring, the punishment, before being sent to the hospital. And there was a survivor named Matt Hoffman who actually remembered what had happened. He had witnessed the whole thing. Mm. And if you remember from last episode, I had mentioned that Pam, who's Phil's brother, had gotten a random call from a guy named Mark Bits. And he yes. had said, he, yeah, he was like, oh, you don't know me, but I know your brother passed away and I have information about how he died. And it was not just from a plain old aneurysm. Ugh. And yeah, so Pam was like totally blindsided. And Mark was like, I have a story for you. So. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so Mark had been contacted by Matt, who was the one that had seen Phil in the ring, mm -hmm. basically, when he gotcha. was getting going through this punishment. So uh, he said he wanted to find justice for Phil because, quote, I could have been that kid. Oh, yeah. So Matt told Mark he had a story. And he said, the story of Phil just collapsing because of a brain aneurysm is not what happened at all. Clearly, Matt wanted this off his chest. And he was like, I need to tell somebody about it. And so he chose Mark to call and tell him about it. Matt had discovered via message board that someone with a username Dav Betts wrote that on the Christmas weekend of 1982, Phil was forced to go three rounds in the boxing ring before he went unconscious and started vomiting profusely. Mm. Phil was left on the floor for an hour before given any medical attention. And when Matt Hoffman read this news, he couldn't believe it. He needed more people to know about this if it's really what happened. Quote, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Go to the FBI. So Anne Passion, who goes by Anne Bowen now, was Phil's department head at the time he died. She told the Sun Journal that Phil was a good kid, a fun kid, who was doing the program pretty well. Everyone liked Phil. And in the days after Christmas, one evening after dinner, Phil complained about not feeling well because he had a headache. And staff thought he was manipulating the system. And because... He said he had a headache and staff decided he was manipulating the system. He was thrown into the ring. So wow. he was punished just for having a headache, basically. Which, like, very, very weird foreshadowing. Right? Right. That uh, his head was hurting. I mean, agreed. anyway. Okay. He was up against two to three teenagers, but never fought back. And Anne remembers that he was defeated. He was getting the shit beat out of him so much so she couldn't watch. And after he was collected from lying on the floor, he was brought into a dark office and Anne was ordered to guard the door. And when the staff member wasn't doing anything to help Phil, Anne got up from her post with the intention of telling the staff member that Phil needed something to ease his headache. But the staff member snapped, he asked me what the hell was I doing, getting up from the chair without permission, and told me that he would take care of it when he got a chance to, she said. This was a staff member. This was an adult. He continued joking around again and laughing. I went back down and sat down in the chair. This was then followed by sounds of a bunch of kicking around coming from the office. She remembers, so I opened the door and I said, Phil? And he didn't answer. And I see him flopping around on the floor and I screamed out, Phil needs help, twice. <sighs> 
Eventually, staff, not an ambulance, took him away. He never returned. After this happened, I didn't think about Phil. Not that I'm a bad person. I didn't think about Phil because I closed my mind off. It was so traumatic. Sure. I've never dealt with anything like this to this very day. That was like the worst day of my life. Yeah. And again, like we talked about that too, of the psychological trauma of being involved in doling out punishment without... Yeah. Because you don't have a choice. And there's... I honestly like... Obviously, I've never been in that situation, but I can totally empathize with you know or I at least sympathize with the fact of like oh I just shut my brain down like yeah. I couldn't think about it because like I didn't need to have my own fucking panic attack and then get in trouble for it yeah because like you're in survival mode yourself like you don't want to be punished I mean what are you gonna do yeah so a woman called Laura Alemang who was known as Lori Tufts at the time went to school at Elan from 1981 to 1985 and she was also there when Phil died and she has the image of him being beaten for 10 minutes straight and not fighting back once. Oh. She said he kept putting his hands up above his head. He was doing defensive moves. If you didn't fight back, they'd keep you in there longer. I don't remember exactly how it happened, but eventually he hit the floor. Ugh, I hate. I'm sorry. This is really fucking horrible. I remember him going into convulsions. I remember him spasming, asking what's going on. And they pushed everybody back at that time. Mm. She said, I will always remember Phil Williams' name. When a kid goes into convulsions in front of you, I remember Phil because I remember his curly hair, and I remember he used to have headaches all the time. He always had his head down on the table. Oh, my God. <sighs> it's awful. And, like, God forbid, like, if you were someone who had seizures or something and, like, you mm-hmm. had, like, or, like, a heart condition or something at this school, like... I know with confidence they were not giving you medicine no. or taking you to the doctor or if anything, they would use it as your guilt and they would like be like, go for the heart, go for, you know, like strobe lights in front of someone's eyes. I don't know. Like, yeah. They would use it as a weapon. A weakness. Right. Exactly. Oh God. It's beyond fucked up. <sighs> um, a staff member who has chosen to remain anonymous remembers Phil as the short fella who'd often be sent into the ring. Uh, he did not know Phil had died this way until way later. Even Phil Williams' death certificate wasn't wholly truthful. The doctor who had refused to comment didn't fill key portions of the, of the certificate, including whether or not an autopsy was performed. Um, so this went all the way to the end. People were still covering up for this place. I was going to say, can you, I don't know if you know the information or if I need to be reminded, but why were like doctors like friends with the owners of the school and everything? Um, or like, I don't why totally were they covering up for him? I don't, to- you know, I don't totally know. Um, I don't know why an autopsy would be fudged. I mean, except- I imagine that this guy who like somehow swindled people to let, let their children be here. I'm sure he like had connections or something had connections or somehow tricked people into like oh don't tell anyone i mean whatever right the fact that this place was open for decades without any sort of oversight makes me think like yeah they had their ways Mm -hmm. um but i'm not totally positive uh but so the school made such an effort to conceal what had happened to phil hours before he died that he wasn't even rushed off in an ambulance he was escorted quietly in a car and the staff member commented it was uncommon that students would go to the hospital but it happened Late at night, a house driver would take them. You have to understand that in the 80s, Alon was losing a lot of credibility and they were doing whatever they could to maintain revenue. Mm. 
So it was uh, events like this which led to Elan closing in 2011. So it was only Whoa. 11. I know. It was only 11 years ago that this place shut down. And which did it, was it that horrible the whole time? Yep. <laughs> Pretty okay. much. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Pretty much. At least. Thank you for your honesty. Mm, yeah. There may have been ups and downs, but there was never like a, oh, finally, it's it's healthy and safe. Oh. Um. There was evidently no teaching being done at the school. There was no time, obviously. I don't know where they would have found the time to actually do classes. Uh, And nearly everyone who attended were traumatically terrorized uh, just being students there. Mm. So the death of Phil Williams Jr. wasn't the only murder linked to the school, believe it or not. Probably not that hard to believe. But a student named Michael Skakel, who was a Kennedy cousin and an... I know. And an Elan alum. Remember how expensive this fucking place was, too. Right. So people were paying for this treatment. Can you imagine uh, being like, not, I mean, anybody, but like a Kennedy in yeah. the public eye or something. And like your kid's going here. Like, how did that? How did they not did yank him out immediately? How did they I not sue this school? Okay, They thought whatever. this is the way to treat their behavioral issues. <sighs> okay. Um, so Michael Skakel, a Kennedy cousin and Elan alum, murdered a young girl called Martha Moxley. I don't know if you know the name, but it's a very mm-hmm. famous murder case. Oh. Um, and that was somewhat linked to Elan, but that's a totally different story. But so that was also a very highly publicized case uh, related to the school. So uh, social media and Internet activism on Facebook, Tumblr, Reddit and other sites is what finally brought survivors together and helped with the takedown of basically this fucking torture chamber which then officially closed april 1st of 2011 and so alan's executive director sharon terry commented the school has been the target of harsh and false attacks spread over the internet with the avowed purpose of forcing the school to close wow big fucking whoop Mm -hmm. so Catherine whitehead who's the founder of uh the community alliance for the safe and ethical treatment of youth was grateful for the power of the internet, despite what, whatever the fuck Sharon was saying. She said, <laughs> "Yeah, the internet has been absolutely critical, excuse me, <laughs> because survivors are spread out across the U.S. They get sent to a program and then they have to go home. When you connect to other program survivors, you recognize that this is a large-scale problem, not an individual program's problem. That mm. has been critical in bringing people together. It's an incredibly effective organizing tool. Which you have to think like a lot of this stuff probably did not get fixed until the internet. Because how would you know other people are dealing with this and it's not just you or it's not just a couple people you know? Yeah, they weren't fixing it unless there was a fear of like getting canceled, I guess. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So not even just the students connecting with each other, but also the threat of like we have power because we can tell people about it. I, in a, I mean, I, to be a fly on the wall, of two students who went through this for years, reconnecting years later and being able to yeah. talk about the deprogramming they must be having to go through yes. would be fascinating. I mean, Absolutely. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to, you know, I mean that in the most genuine way. I don't want to like be like, Oh, I'd love to exploit these people and hear their stories. No, but, no, but I totally but like, to know, like, like to be able to finally bond outside of that world with someone who gets it would, I can't even imagine how powerful that would be too. I was about to say, it must be really powerful to know, like, hey, I'm not gaslighting myself. This mm-hmm. really happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not the only one who experienced it. 
So as for Phil Williams Jr.'s family, a police investigation into his death was finally launched in March of 2016. Um, And I don't know whether the case has closed since the latest article about it was written, which was January 2017. And since then, the case was still active. Okay. Um, But Phil William Jr.'s sister, Pam Newell, commented around that time that, quote, each day that the case is open, I have more and more hope. I'm never giving up hope on Phil. I just really think he should have some justice. They should not have put him in a ring with his head problems. They should not have put any kid in a ring. They just should not. If that was me putting a child in the ring, I would go to jail. Come on now. Why is there any debate about it? Let's go. Rack them Amen. up. Line them up. Move Amen. them out. Amen. <laughs> oh, my God. I like her. Let's go. But it's so she, true. It's like if I ever thought are about you kidding? it even potentially endangering a child, you better be fucking kidding me. Like, are you kidding? Like, in what planet is that okay? You suddenly give them tens of thousands of dollars and it's okay that they're treating kids this way it makes no Mm. fucking sense um so yeah the documentary is called the last stop uh it's on youtube and amazon prime if you're interested it's it's it takes a deep dive it's obviously pretty dark but it's not it's pretty much all we've talked about here yeah um and it's survivors who talk about their experiences um it's pretty cool to hear them talk about it you know, first person and explain Mm -hmm. what happened and kind of see where they are now. Um, It's not all sunshine and roses. Like some of the students who went through this are like, hey, I've been fucked up for a really long time and I'm still trying to pull my way out of it. So I don't I don't know how people can fully recover from totally years of that experience. Exactly. So it's not all like, oh, come up in story. It's like, you know, people are still dealing with the aftermath obviously mm-hmm. um but it's a really great uh docuseries i i recommend it it's very powerful and on the website which is elan.school that's e-l-a-n uh this was once the official elan school domain uh but it has now been reclaimed by survivors who share their experiences as well as one survivor called joe who re- draws cartoons to describe what life was like there so wow yeah, so basically the, the school's website has been taken over by survivors and is now just people describing their experiences um, on the website. Uh, Joe draws cartoons of what it's like. And yeah, that's the story. So even though Phil died of, you know, a casual brain aneurysm, not. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, He was in this, he was a kid who experienced a lot of headaches and then he was... Um, put in the ring as a punishment and was beaten severely and died as a cause co- as a result of that. So mm. very fucking tragic, but it is nice to see that people are, you know, finally his family's being taken seriously and like, it's actually being somewhat looked into. So yeah, that's the story of the Alon school. Pretty fucked up, but there you have it. Wow. I can't believe it was around only 10 years ago or so. It's weird, right? Wild. 2011. I mean, ugh. It's gross. Wow. 2011, that was like right around the time we were graduating. So there's people like our age who've had to deal with that. Yeah, I was in, very much in college at that point, which is That's like so I was older than the kids at this place. Yeah. Oh. And it is cool, too, in the documentary because you can see kids who – or you can see adults now who – were there in the 70s 80s and you can see it uh people who were there as kids in the 
2000s. So you can kind of hear experiences from like decades apart at the same school. And it doesn't sound great no matter what decade they were there, to be honest with you. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. Thank you for... um Thank you for also for making that a two-parter. I feel bad that mine wasn't more of a two-parter because no, it was no, definitely no. long. It was good. I mean, mine, I remember when I did it last week, was like wildly long. So this is probably for the best. What uh, it, you said your baby was crying earlier. Is she finally asleep yet, you think? You know, for now. Oh. Everything's uh, temporary in my life. <laughs> even my sanity. What is your... Oh, especially my sanity. <laughs> what like what kind of hours of sleep are you getting? Consistent hours. Um, Last night I got three and a half. Um, oh. Yeah, it's not great. I'll be honest with you. It's actually really bad. Um, and I feel like I want to say, hey, does anyone have tips? But I know even just by Googling that the tips come in by like the thousands. Um, and so I'm hesitant to say that I, I will say I've taken the, I'm hoping this is just a temporary, like four month sleep regression thing. And she's going to go back to, cause for a while there was, she was sleeping six hours at a time. Then she was sleeping up. like a monster. I was so like, proud it was of her. So nice. And I was like, I'm so fucking lucky. And she would sleep like six hours and then like wake up to eat and then like sleep three more hours. And I was like, this I can handle. Now it's like every 90 minutes. She's like. I would like to eat six ounces of food now. Wow. Good morning. I'm hungry. And so I don't know. I'm like, everyone's like, oh, just let them like soothe themselves back to sleep. And I'm like, yeah, but then she decides she's starving Mm. and she won't sleep. So anyway, I I do. I mean, I've said this before, but when it came to like buying a house, getting married, like having pets, I have always appreciated <laughs> yeah. you being the guinea pig. Like, what do I do that for? I don't know. I think I'm just too impatient to wait for anyone else. I'm like, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> I have only patience for any big milestone where I have to adjust to change. And because of you, I feel like I know exactly how to buy a house. I know exactly how to get married. I know exactly how to have pets. I certainly know that when my baby turns four months old, to would not be very happy to say christine i'm going out of town could you watch my baby for a few weeks (laughs) (laughs) don't ask how old the baby is four months (laughs) is nothing don't even think about it it's fine don't even think about it although i will say um you might not i want to correct you you might not know how to do it but you will know how not to do it so i feel like that's a powerful lesson i'm teaching you how not to do things so i will write i'll give you my journal or whatever for for your future life one day when Um, i decide to take a big milestone just give me a list of everything you did and like one to ten how badly it went (laughs) i'll just i'll go zero 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 (laughs) all of it is a zero i i really feel like a guinea pig i'm yeah also the oldest of my siblings i feel like everyone's just watching me like 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 cringing every time i make a new turn um, so hopefully, hopefully I'm just the practice, you know, I'm the guinea pig. I'm glad you volunteered. I, I don't know I, why I don't, I don't know why I did it, but I did it. It's okay. It's I'm proud of you for doing it. It is too late. That's yeah. You can't back out. It's um, too late. <laughs> well, good stories all around, uh, sad stories, but, um, I gotta be honest. My eyes are lingering over here you go i'm so sorry i should have told you to eat that while we were recording you could i we both knew we would have gotten some nasty messages about the people who don't like the sound of chewing which is understandable by the way someone would have had a problem with it so i've just been okay well you go enjoy that 
Thank you. And you go buy yourself a present for a random Honestly, future date. How fun is that? I love that idea. Why do you think I do it all the time? It is so fun. Only a few things make me cry and I'm getting emotional about that. The best part, first of all, everything makes you cry. Shut up. Second of all, like <laughs> I, uh, it's also like the best part about getting yourself a gift is, you know, you're going to love it. Like it's yes, not even I like, mean, you're right. There's no it's question. It's not like someone, it's not like someone else got it for you and you're like, mm, that's not really my favorite flavor or mm, I would have gone I was with about a different to say, design. It's the wrong flavor. Yeah. Right. Or something like, it's like, no. you know, you oh. know what you want. Genius. You, you, it's 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 the simple things baby i'm like so, so happy for you i'm gonna cry okay i gotta I'm hang gonna up because i'm gonna cry actually okay i'm gonna and? go do my homework and figure out what i want in the future because i don't even know and everyone else by the way if you treat yourself to a random surprise in the future tag me when it arrives yes, to your home do it and i'll i'll share it on my story because we want to know we need to advocate for advocate for self-love share the podcast too or tag the podcast too because i feel like we could make that like a cool like yes. movement you know yes 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 self-love something i feel like that could get x-rated pretty quickly okay um <laughs> never mind <laughs> self-love sexy time and that's <laughs> why we buy ourselves things because we all deserve it and drink. we love ourselves sexy time <laughs> <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain.